Hosea is the fifth book of the prophetic books in group one. And so we've seen Obadiah, Joel, Jonah, Amos, and now Hosea. Page 208 gives us the introduction. And let's look there at the authorship. This is chapter 27 of Benware. Except for what can be gleaned from the text itself, nothing's known about Hosea. He is probably from the northern kingdom, as there are numerous geographical notations in his message, meaning he had to be familiar with the land. His ministry is clearly dated during the reigns of the four southern kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And that would correspond with the northern king, Jeroboam II. 750 BC would be a reasonable date for the prophecy. Now, there's two parts to the book. This is the basic outline found, found on page 209. The unfaithful wife and the unfaithful people. The unfaithful wife, chapters 1 through 3, and the unfaithful people, chapters 4 through 14. Then, important data about Hosea. Uh, the key word is God's love for Israel. And the key chapter is chapter 2, a description of love. The key verses, chapter 1, verse 2 through 9, chapter 2, 5 through 8, and chapter 3, 1 through 5. Hosea and Gomer are the main characters, and Hosea uh, derives its meaning from the faithful prophet. And Israel is the geography. Now this has to be one of my favorite books. It shows the extent of God's grace to the nation of Israel. And God is faithful like Hosea. And Israel is unfaithful like Gomer. Now let's look at a couple of these key verses and consider this together. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 9 in the Bible. Hosea. When the Lord first spoke to Hosea, through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go take for yourself a wife of whoredom, a prostitute, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore a son. The Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for just in, in just a little while I'll punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I'll put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And on that day I'll break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. She conceived again and bore a daughter, and the Lord said to him, Call her name No Mercy. For I will have no more mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and I'll save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. When she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son, and the Lord said, Call his name, not my people. For you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, it shall be said to them, Children of the living God. And the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together, and they shall appoint for themselves one head, and they shall go up to, from the land, for the great shall be, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Okay, and then also chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. 
For their mother has played the whore, she's conceived them, and has acted shamefully. For she said, I'll go after my lovers who give me wine, who give me bread and my water, my wool, my flax, my oil, and my drink. Therefore I will hedge up her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her paths. She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. She shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me then. And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, and the oil, and who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. In chapter 3, 1 through 5, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man, who is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I brought her for, I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer of, and a lethic of barley. And I said to her, You must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without a king or prince, without, a sacri- without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to, Lord, to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. And so we've gotten a taste for the book by looking at the key verses. And the purpose of Hosea is for God to give a gracious last attempt to call out Israel to turn. And this message of judgment was fulfilled within a few years of the writing of this book. Special considerations. Hosea calls the northern kingdom by several names. Israel, Ephraim, and Samaria. Israel, of course, is the usual designation. Samaria was the capital city of the northern kingdom. And Ephraim is used because the tribe by that name was the most powerful of the tribes in the northern kingdom. Hosea did not minister in pleasant times. Israel was in a bad spiritual state and moral decline. It was as bad as it had ever been, and it was just as bad politically. After the death of Jeroboam II, murder and intrigue were common in Israeli politics. Out of the last six kings on the throne, only two, die, only one died a natural death in office. 2 Kings verse, chapter 15, verses 10 through 30. Morally and spiritually, the, the people were almost completely unclean, defiled. Blood was shed like water until one stream met another and overspread the land in one defiling deluge. Adultery was consecrated as an act of religion. Those who were first in rank were first in excess. And Benware continues in such language speaking about the total corruption of the people. The nation had degenerated morally and spiritually so that they were much like the nations Joshua had driven out of the land so many centuries before. Hosea was sent as God's last prophet into a decaying situation. For a short period of time, Hosea probably ministered as a contemporary of Amos in the north and Isaiah and Micah in the south. And now we are on page 210 and summarizing the book. In the first major section of the prophecy, it focuses on the prophet's family situation. So we see the unfaithful wife in chapters 1 through 3. 
Extreme times often come call for extreme or unusual methods. The nation of Israel had heard the words of many prophets, but the messages had fallen on insensitive, dull ears. You can cross-reference Daniel chapter 9, verses 6 and 10. So God chose to use a rather extreme approach to get the attention of His people. He chose to use His prophet and His family as an object lesson. Hosea's family, or more specifically, his relationship with his wife, would become an illustration of God's love for Israel. Hosea would love a wife even though she would be unfaithful to him. Not just unfaithful, but in a grotesque way. Just as God's love for Israel would persevere even though Israel was grossly unfaithful to God. The first word that came to Hosea from God was an unusual one. Hosea, go and marry a wife of harlotry. Chapter 1, verse 2, it strongly suggests that Gomer was guilty of sexual immorality before marriage, perhaps even being a temple prostitute. The picture of prostitution is used by Hosea throughout his entire message. It was a motif or a, a, a way of speaking that was entirely appropriate for the nation in a relationship with God. Hosea married Gomer. She had three children. These children were given names that would say something about God's relationship with Israel. The first, Jezreel, a name carried the idea of judgment. And the second child was in Hebrew, lo Ruhamah, a name meaning no pity, no mercy, indicating that God would have no mercy on his people any longer. And the third child, uh, Lo-Ami, meaning not my people, indicated that God was distancing himself from Israel. There is some evidence that although the first child was clearly Hosea's, that the other two may not have been fathered by him. Apparently, Gomer tired of her marriage to the prophet and left him, turning back to a life of immorality. For while she lived the good life of material pleasure and prosperity, evidently during this time, Hosea actually helped support his wayward wife. Chapter 2, verse 8. This, of course, would have been accurately paralleled uh, with what God had done for Israel, prospering her during the reign of Jeroboam II, when she was deeply involved in idolatry. Evidently, Gomer's good life came to a terrible end when she ended up being auctioned off as a slave. At this point, God instructed Hosea to go back and buy Gomer and reinstate her as his wife, chapter 3, 1 through 3. And he did that. This experience in the life of Hosea was designed to show Israel how deep and unchanging God's love was was also to serve as a basis for Hosea's preaching ministry. The second major division, second part of the book, is a message to the unfaithful nation that had received so much from the Lord, the nation of Israel. The northern kingdom had forsaken her husband and had gone after other gods. Spiritual adultery is in view. Her forsaking the Lord had bred a multitude of sins that had enumerated that are enumerated by Hosea, unfaithfulness, swearing, deception and murder, stealing and adultery, rebellion, idol worship, disobedience, pride, stubbornness, and involvement in spiritism. Hosea observes that the leaders who should have been, who had been giving good advice to the people, they were just as sinful as the people. The Israelites had heard God's warning and their lack of response had hardened them such that they would not repent, meaning judgment was sure. Even though there was no hope for the nation, 
That did not mean that individuals within the nation could not turn and get right with God. Although Hosea was uh, saw that judgment was sure, he was like the other prophets and that he was sure God would restore Israel in the future. And beloved, that's what we do as well when we preach. We speak to the dead, saying, come to life, turn to the Lord. And Hosea did just that and was one of the most dramatic pictures of God's faithfulness that can be imagined. 